With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BindersteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. Things are going off right now. It is really exciting times when you think about the NFL schedule being released, which I have a lot of feelings about that. I'm going to talk about that in the second half of this show. The NFL, the NFL unveiled the schedule Gosh, the NFL ticks me off sometimes. But then also the fact that rookie minicamp for the Pittsburgh Steelers has kind of been under wraps with the NFL schedule release happening. But that's something to be excited for, and that's all I'm going to talk about in the first part of the show are five things to watch during Steelers rookie minicamp. It goes from today, May 13th, to May 15th. I hope you're as excited as I am. And one thing I also hope you're doing is checking out all of our podcast content on our podcast network. Anywhere where you get your podcast, just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain in case you're listening to this on Twitter or in case you find us on the article. It runs on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You have to know there's so much more than my show. We have our whole morning lineup that's Jeffrey Benedict and his cutting room floor on Tuesday. Dave Schofield's Stat Geek on Thursday. I had a great episode yesterday. Our noon lineup. In our PM content, three news shows a day every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Make sure you check it out. But there's a lot to talk about today, so I want to get things started off right away. Five things to watch. Now, you will, will want to – there's people out there that will be like, well, I don't think this is number one. These are just me listing five things. This is not necessarily in any specific importance, but things to watch. So the first thing that I want to say – and this is something that I, I am starting with this on purpose, intentionally, for sure, 100%. And that is, please, please, please try to control yourself with the overreaction. There are going to be media members there. They're going to be up on the balcony watching the Steelers go through their rookie minicamp. And they're going to be taking some videos of individual drills. They're going to be showing you Kenny Pickett throwing a football for the first time. There's going to be reports of crazy stuff happening. Wow, what a catch. Whoa, what are this? What are that? What are that? And fans, rightfully so, are going to get excited. But I'm going to ask you, maybe this is for the first time in your life. You don't go overboard with the way that you respond. I want Kenny Pickett to show out as much as anyone. And yeah, if you listen to that show after the draft, yes, you did hear me say, please not Kenny Pickett, please not Kenny Pickett, please not Kenny Pickett. But when it comes down to it, 
my reasoning for Kenny Pickett not wanting Kenny Pickett were so much more than anything that is on the field. That's neither here nor there. Don't overreact to the news that you're going to hear from football and shorts. And that's something Mike Tomlin, I guarantee you'll hear him say multiple times. It's football and shorts. Football and shorts. I've always said it. I will continue to say it. Football and shorts is better than no football at all. But at the same time, you have to understand that football and shorts is not real football. So that's number one. And that's that was said first on purpose. Please watch the overreaction from this weekend. And that is also with OTAs. That's also with mandatory minicamp. And even in a little bit for training camp. So that's going to be said throughout this offseason. Second thing, and this is probably second for a reason as well, injuries. You have to, oh, there's injuries. When you hear, I don't care if this player is drafted. I don't care if they just got a rookie invitation. I don't care if they're an undrafted rookie free agent. Anytime you hear about a player suffering an injury, at some point during these type of workouts, especially those non-contact injuries, we're talking ruptured Achilles tendons, we're talking ACL tears, you could even have upper body injuries, whether it's something with the labrum and the shoulder. I could go on and on about potential injuries that could happen in these type of settings. You just hate to see these type of injuries. Now, if you are going to talk about someone like a George Pickens, let's use him as an example. George Pickens is is still, I'm sure, coming off and recovering and still trusting his surgically repaired knee that he had tore an ACL uh, really, really early in the 2021 season. It's supposed to be healed. I get that. But the worst case scenario would be that George Pickens suffers some type of setback or some type of re-injury. That would just be gut-wrenching. And it would also be absolutely devastating for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization as they are trying to get themselves ready for this new era, this new phase of Steelers football, the post-Ben Roethlisberger era. It would be like if Kenny Pickett somehow hurts his shoulder or elbow. I'm not expecting that to happen. I don't think that the drills they're running would actually ha- would lend themselves to an injury like that. But still, the injuries that you hear, and you'll hear about these injuries, not, you know, not just in Pittsburgh, but around the league of so-and-so ruptured an Achilles, and they're probably going to miss the entire season. That's absolutely the worst. Worst case scenario. So if you're watching for something, keep your fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you have to do in your own little superstitious way to try and keep the good juju in Pittsburgh and leave that bad juju out. We'll say that bad juju went to Kansas City. Okay, the next thing I want to look for. Of course, come on. If you've listened to my podcast the last two weeks, you know what I'm going to say, right? It's the quarterbacks. It's the quarterbacks. Now, as much as I said avoid the overreaction, That does not mean that we ignore the media that are there watching this live, that we ignore the people that actually have eyeballs on Kenny Pickett in everything that he does. I want to hear what the media thinks of everything from his spin, and that's something that you know, Dave Schofield's going to talk about that in his next Stat Geek next Thursday, the spin rate of Kenny Pickett's football. But that's also something Mike Tomlin has talked about. Uh, I remember in 2020, Ben Roethlisberger was coming off of that elbow injury. He was asked a bunch about what he thought about Ben Roethlisberger's arm, and he kept on saying he needs to spin it more. He's going to be honest with some of this stuff. And so 
I want to see Kenny Pickett. What, what's his arm strength like? That's never been his forte, but what's his arm strength like? Are they letting him air it out? Are they really letting him test his arm? Is he as accurate as they say? Those are things that are tangible that you can see. This isn't a situation where he's going to have active defenders that are trying to break up passes and he's not going to have a pass rush. There's not going to be someone uh, trying to rip his head off or anything like that, but he's still going to be throwing the football for the first time in a black and gold jersey, and I think that's notable. I think that's something that we all can take and glean from. Am I going to put all of my stock into that? No. What did I say off the start? Don't overreact to this news, but can I learn from this? Absolutely, I can learn from this. The one thing, you know, like I said, some of the things if you're looking for actual physical traits that I want to see or or maybe that you should be looking out for is accuracy, arm strength, the arm talent. And when I say the arm talent, that's, you know, I remember listening to uh, Bruce Gradkowski. Bruce Gradkowski does work for the NFL NFL radio on XM, Sirius XM. He's done work for Steelers.com. He has put stuff out on his own social media platforms, and he talked about one year how Ben Roethlisberger had the best arm talent that he's ever seen, and this guy's been around the league for a long time. He's played for a lot of teams. He's backed up a lot of great quarterbacks. He said that there's Ben Roethlisberger can del- could deliver a pass this was before the elbow injury in 2019. He could deliver a pass any way you wanted. Sidearm, three-quarter, over the top. He said, heck, he could even throw it like a softball pitcher, and I guarantee you he could hit a can off a fence. That's the type of arm talent. I don't need that from Kenny Pickett right away, but I want to see what that looks like with him. You know, I'm not expecting Ben Roethlisberger arm talent from Kenny Pickett, but I want to hear some reports about him looking the part. People saying, oh, this is this is why they went and got this guy at 20. This is why they took him over every other quarterback in the draft when they were all available. That's what I want to say. Oh, of course, quarterbacks are going to be on the list. Come on, people. Let's go to number two. I'm excited to see these these wide receivers. You can't glean much from these the football and shorts when it comes to defense. You might have someone say, like, wow, DeMarvin Leal, boy, he looks big. Like, he looks strong. He looks agile. looks in great shape. Yes, you can take that, and you can run with it. But at the same time, when you look at the defenders, they're not going to be hitting anyone. This isn't going to be conducive to seeing anything like that. So what I want to see are the receivers that are going to be catching passes. I'm talking about George Pickens. Mentioned him earlier. I want to see Calvin Austin the third. Does his speed translate? Does his speed translate? And yeah, everyone knows 200-meter dash guy, sub-4, 440-yard dash. Everyone knows how fast he is. We've all seen the highlight films. But does his does it translate into game speed? I know it's not. he's not padded. I know that he's in shorts. But I just want to see, is he catching everyone's attention? And yeah, I keep on going back in my mind to Dree Archer. But I'm hoping this kid provides something more. Maybe they say, maybe you see reports about, wow, Calvin Austin's route tree is really, really good. Meaning he can run every route that you want. You want a deep post. You want an in. You want a comeback route. You want to drag across the middle. He can do it all. That's what I'd love to hear. Pickens, I want to know everything about him. What's his radius like? Is he going up and catching the ball? His high-pointing skills? Something he did well in college? Can he translate that into the NFL? How's he doing with his teammates? I also want to see, just in general, some of these guys and, and what they are, how are they interacting with one another? And that's not even on this list. 
I just been throwing this in here as I think it's on the top of my head. I want to see if Kenny Pickett's being the leader that we all expect him to be. How is George Pickens, maybe if they have a little one-on-one drill and with the defense, is he talking trash? Is he getting in someone's face? I want to see and hear about some of those things. Those are some things that I'm definitely looking out for. But wide receivers, for sure, there's a lot of young wide receivers. I want to see what they can do. And then lastly, you look at these undrafted rookie free agents. These undrafted rookie free agents, and I'm asking myself, is there a surprise in there? Maybe it's at running back. They have a couple running backs. Maybe it's a cornerback. Is there a Devlin Duck Hodges in this group? People forget Devlin Duck Hodges was invited to this rookie camp. He did not make it right away, but he did get called back, and he was a part of the team for training camp and didn't make the team, but he made it the practice squad, and we all know his story in 2019. Is there one of those in these in this camp? Typically, every single year, both in rookie minicamp, especially in rookie minicamp, you have players that replace someone that's on the 90-man roster. You have a tryout player that all of a sudden comes into, into Pittsburgh and he shows some potential. And next thing you know, the Steelers say, well, we like his potential over this guy's potential, so we're going to cut him. They, they, they keep the guy that they, was at the rookie tryout. He makes the 90-man roster. They have to relieve someone else because they can't go over 90, obviously. Is there one of those undrafted rookie free agents in this group? I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see if there's maybe a Mike Hilton out there that is kind of been overlooked, but he's a player, and he always finds his way around the football. Is there that guy? We'll see. We will see. And a lot of people always poo-poo these workouts. They say, oh, they don't mean anything. It, they mean a lot to these guys that are working out. And they mean a lot to these coaches that get a chance to see these players up close and personal, some of them for the very first time. I think it's meaningful. I really do. So let's go over these five things again that I think every fan should be looking out for this weekend for this rookie minicamp. Number one, avoid the overreaction. It's tempting, I know, but try to avoid it. Number two, do whatever you got to do. Say your prayers, good thoughts, knock on wood, whatever you do, try to avoid the injury bug. Number three, I want to see the quarterbacks. And that, that includes Chris Oladokun. I didn't even mention him. But I want to see what he can do too. He's going to be on this roster, at least in the 90-man roster up until training camp. They want four quarterbacks. I want to see what he can do. And then the receivers. The receivers. I want to see these young receivers. And lastly, is there any undrafted rookie free agent or a tryout player that's going to come in and show out and really, really, really put something out there that's going to be noteworthy? I'm excited for that. Before we take a break, and then we're going to get into the schedule release in the second half of this podcast, some random thoughts here. Jersey numbers were released for the rookie class, and that people were some people were just up in arms over this stuff. I want to make one thing very obvious, which should be obvious to fans that pay attention. Only Kenny Pickett is stuck with eight for at least this season. He's the only one. The first-round picks, the, you know, the NFL, the Steelers say, we need to know what your number is going to be. They free up the number or they get the number because they start printing jerseys. They want to sell those suckers as soon as possible. And so when Kenny Pickett took number eight, that's not changing. But George Pickens at 14, Calvin Austin the third at 19. Uh, you think about Connor Hayward with 83. Oh, my gosh, they gave away Heath Miller's number. It's not the first time, folks. Hopefully you've been paying attention. Uh, 98. Going to DeMarvin Leal, Mark Robinson, 93. Uh, you have all these players with these new numbers. They can also change their numbers. So after the training camp is done, after the Steelers take their roster from 90 down to 53, 
Well, that frees up a whole lot of numbers. So for let me give you an example. Number 16. I finally get it, by the way. <laughs> Some of, I think it was Tank, Steelers Tank, and my uh, Ride or Die crew said, if only Calvin Austin could get number 16. And I was thinking, I'm like, what is he talking about? I'm so dense. I, I, I never realized Austin the third, three, 16, Austin, three, 16, the stone cold, Steve Austin, Austin, three, 16. That's what I finally it hit me. Maybe he gets 16 because who's occupying 16 right now, a backup punter. So that number might be available. So these numbers in flux, don't freak out over them until they become final. Also don't buy a Jersey unless it's a Kenny Pickett Jersey until these players finalize their numbers because they have been known to change before. Okay. The schedule release. Before we get to the schedule release in and of itself, the NFL is is crazy in a lot of ways. They are crazy with how they released the schedule this year. They are crazy with how they just did like, okay, we're going to do a game a day, a game a day, a game a day. Oh, now we're going to give you two games. And then if that wasn't enough, it's debuting at 8 o'clock. But at 6 o'clock, we're going to debut your your home opener. I mean, my gosh, people. Like, this is insane. What's also insane is that here we are, as we sit here, on the 13th of May. And guess what everyone's talking about this morning? It's not the NBA playoffs. Certainly not the NHL playoffs. They're talking about a freaking schedule release they're talking about a schedule release (laughs) man the nfl knows what they're doing they know what they're doing they are so good at what they do they have turned we know the opponents for the next four years except for maybe three opponents for the steelers we knew these opponents as of week 18 last year and people are just up in arms over the schedule, just the minutia of it. And we're going to break it down all for you. I am going to do that as we go into the second half of the show. So when we come back, talk some schedule. Yeah, we're going to talk about the schedule. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of the show. It is Friday. I hope you all have a great weekend planned, and we're talking about the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers regular season schedule. I don't care about the preseason. We're not talking about the preseason. I want to talk about the regular season schedule. So uh, at this point, I just I'm not going to go through and predict games. I'm not going to go through and talk about each game. I just want to kind of give you some notes about the games what I think, what I look for when I see the schedule, things that maybe you might have overlooked that you didn't really think about. Uh, And and overall, I'm going to give you kind of a range for where I think the Steelers could finish um, in in terms of win-losses. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a a game-by-game prediction, go check out the the Steelers preview schedule prediction show with myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Dave Schofield. Uh, I did one that's kind of jokingly, uh, and I predicted the Steelers to go 17-0. So I'm a homer. We know this. That's not breaking news. But one thing I noticed is that the Pittsburgh Steelers, they start on the road again. Uh, Week one, they're at Cincinnati. And this is the first time in franchise history that the Steelers have opened up 
with the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. Whether home or road, doesn't matter. First time ever. And it's it's interesting when you think about how many teams, I looked this up today, since 2000, there's only one team that the team they've played the most in week one is Cleveland. Now, they've played them four times since 2000 in week one. And then there's three teams that they've played three times since the year 2000. Baltimore Ravens played them three times. New England Patriots played them three times. And believe it or not, the Tennessee Titans, they've played them three times. So I found that very interesting. Very interesting stuff. But I went back and looked at all that stuff because a lot of people were wondering because it was kind of leaked that the Bengals might be week one opponent. And they were like, well, when was the last time they played the Bengals? Well, I'm going back to 2000, haven't found one yet. Come to find out, they never have. So Cincinnati, 1 o'clock. I don't care about the Steelers starting on the road. There's a lot of people that say, oh, eight years in a row, nine years now. The Steelers haven't played at home. Folks, this is not all about the National Football League. Art Rooney finally admitted it when he spoke with Missy Matthews after the schedule was released. A lot of it comes down to the Pittsburgh Pirates. If the Pirates have a home game, they can't play a home game. The Steelers can't play a home game. They don't share a field. They share a parking lot. If you've ever been to Pittsburgh, you have PNC Park here. You have Heinz Field on the other side of the parking lot. And they share a lot. Now, there might only be 50 fans at the Pirates game at that time in the fall. But still, they just can't do it. And so Art Rooney finally said, maybe we need to talk to the Pirates about their schedule. Maybe you do if you want to start off at home. I really don't care. The Steelers have the New England Patriots as their home opener in Week 2. And this is crazy because the first three games, they have three games in 11 days to start the season. Week 1, 1 p.m. kickoff at Cincinnati. Week 2, 1 p.m. kickoff at home versus New England. Week 3 at the Cleveland Browns on Thursday Night Football. This is one of five primetime games, by the way. Now, something to keep in mind, and I actually had thought about this prior to the schedule being released, was I wanted to know when the Steelers played the Browns. It's being, maybe maybe this is a hasty assumption on my part, but we're all assuming that Deshaun Watson is going to, he's going to have some type of suspension. If Ben Roethlisberger with two allegations gets six and it's reduced to four in terms of games suspended, Deshaun Watson has 22 allegations against him. If he plays all season, I find that to be crazy. But crazier things have happened. But still, if he does get suspended, even if it's for only four games, he is going to miss this Thursday night game. That matters. But here you have two out of the first three games, divisional games. You look at it a little bit longer, Five games, first five games, weeks one through five, Cincinnati, New England, Cleveland, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills, all AFC opponents. That matters, folks, when it comes to tiebreakers. It does matter. If you're going to lose a game, you want to lose an NFC game. You want to lose an NFC game for sure. I think about some revenge games. Maybe not revenge. That might be a little bit harsh, but Buffalo. You have maybe Mitch Trubisky's the quarterback. He's going back to Buffalo. I wouldn't call that a revenge game. He spoke glowingly about his time in Buffalo. He learned a lot in his time in Buffalo. The revenge game for the Steelers is in week seven. When Brian Flores goes down to Miami on Sunday night football, that's revenge. People use that term a lot. You know, oh, Big Ben's revenge tour. Like that was a thing. There were shirts. That's not revenge. This is revenge. 
Brian Flores getting a shot at his former team is revenge. I, 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 there's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. The Steelers' defense, if they love this guy and they want to do anything for this guy, and I expect that to be the case, they are going to be really pumped up for that game. The next game, though, is another game where you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, I always talk to my brother when the schedule comes out, and he always looks at it and says, well, he used to always say, well, they're playing in Oakland. That's a loss. And I would always say, Jay, you know, things can change, but they never do. <laughs> they never freaking change. And so when you see Philadelphia at Philadelphia in week eight, and you, we knew that they were going to play on the road uh, against Philadelphia when it came down to it, man, they got to go to Philly again. They haven't won in Philly since like 1956. This is awful. But maybe they reversed that trend, that house of horrors for them. You know, for the Pirates, it's Brewer Park in Milwaukee. For Pittsburgh, maybe it's Philadelphia. When I'm looking at the rest of this, here's what else is crazy. So you have week one and week three AFC North matchups. The Steelers don't have another divisional game until week 11. Week 11 is when they have the Cincinnati Bengals at home on Sunday Night Football. And then they're done with the Bengals unless they face them again in the playoffs. And then even after that week 11 game, no other division game till week 14. And that week 14 game against Baltimore at home is the first time they play the Ravens that season. Now, I thought this was crazy, but Brian Anthony Davis corrected me on our preview show and said last year they played him in week 13 and week 18. So for some reason, the NFL schedule makers are thinking to themselves, we want to backload these Steelers-Ravens games. And what's really crazy is that neither of them are primetime. I would understand bumping the, you know, in this case, the Ravens of week 14, and then the Ravens again in 17, week 17, one of them being primetime. Neither of them are primetime. I don't get it. But still, it's interesting. So the Steelers start off with those two divisional games, weeks one and week three, nothing until week 11. Then you have week 14, week six, I'm sorry, week 14, week 17, and week 18 to round it out. It's that is book ended division games really outside of that week 11 game. Before I go any further, I almost forgot the week nine buy. The week nine buy. A lot of fans are really happy with this, but he, he, one thing that I always look for, I always look at the bye week. I want to see when the bye week falls. But I always, I, I, I had, again, did some research today when I had some time, and I thought, when was the last time the Steelers had a double digit bye week? When was the last time they were in either week 10 or after? You have to go all the way back to 2015. 2015 was the last time they had a double-digit bye week. And that year, in 2015, it was in week 11. In 2016, it was week 8. 2017, week 9. 18 was 2007. Or week, I'm sorry, 2018 was week 7. Same with 2019 was week 7. In 2020, it was that stupid week 4 because the Titans screwed everything up. And then in 2021 was week 7. So they have a week 9 bye. That's not bad. I mean, that's not bad. You have 17 games that's basically right in the middle. And let's also not forget that the Steelers are going to have an early mini bye after that Thursday night game in Cleveland in week 3. So in terms of the schedule, something Art Rooney II said himself, he thought it was pretty balanced. He thought it was pretty balanced. And I kind of agree. The one thing that really made me mad, and it's kind of the last thing I'm going to mention about these individual games. You know, as you know, if you listen to my podcast, I am a father of five small children. My oldest son, my only son, 
My oldest is 13, and my youngest is three. She'll be four in June. And we obviously love the holidays. And when the Steve, I am not expecting the NFL to care about my life or me working covering the team. But it just really irks me that the Steelers play the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas Eve at 8.15 p.m. Oh, my gosh. It could not be worse for a father of five small kids trying to get ready for one of the most exciting days of the year and still having to not only watch his favorite team but having to work and cover it. It could be worse. It could be Christmas Day. But, man, when I saw that, it was like a royal gut punch. A royal gut punch. And I've talked about on multiple shows how I hate holiday games, and I knew there was a chance this year with the Christmas falling on a Sunday. But, man, 8.15 Eastern Time on Christmas Eve. Ugh. Yeah. That's bad. So I, t- I said I want to give you a, a win range of, of of sorts. We'll put it that way. When we talked on our preview show and we went week by week and talked about the games, the one thing that kind of stuck with me was that we, there's so much we don't know. You know, we don't know about this Brian Flores, Terrell Austin defense. We don't know with Matt Canada, with these new pieces, new quarterbacks, new receivers, new offensive line. We don't know what this is going to look like. And so when Las Vegas set the odds or the over-under at 7.5, I felt that was really low. I honestly I honestly did. I felt that was really, really low. And I was telling everyone, hit the over hard. But when you look at the schedule, if if certain things break a certain way, if injuries occur, and we know they're going to occur, but if they're in a position that the Steelers cannot afford to lose a player, then you know I could see six or seven wins being the floor, and I could see 11 or 12 wins being the ceiling. And you might say, Jeff, how can you say that? That's quite the disparity if you think about it. But this team has so much unknown that you just you don't know. You No one knows. No one in their right mind can actually put an honest-to-goodness prediction of anything right now based on the fact that there's basically a whole new offensive line, especially the interior. No one knows which quarterback will start in week one. And you, the wide receiving core outside of Claypool and Johnson are completely unknown. And on the defensive side, Devin Bush's health, defense, Stephon Tuitt coming back, no depth really behind Highsmith and Watt. The secondary, are a bunch of number two cornerbacks good enough? Does Minka Fitzpatrick get a new contract? I could continue. You understand these unknowns now. That's why I said the floor is like six or seven wins. That would be the worst case. Best case, 11 to 12. As we get closer to the season, that range will kind of narrow itself down. But still, I have no clue. I have no stinking clue about this team. Um, But you know what? That leads us into the heart-to-heart, which is how I always finish every show on Friday. The heart-to-heart is simple. And it kind of ties into what I just talked about. You know, you're going to hear a lot of predictions coming out of this. You're going to hear a lot of predictions about the season, the schedule, all this stuff. The one thing to keep in mind when you're listening to this is that even if someone has the Steelers finishing at 7-10, and Mike Tomlin's first losing season of his career, 
It just might be their realistic approach. I personally feel that from a fan's perspective, and that's what I love about Behind the Steel Curtain, and I said this before, I I went to an accredited website. I, I had to put my fanhood away for almost two months, and I hated it. Here at Behind the Steel Curtain, we are fans. Every single podcaster, every single writer, we are fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that matters. We don't have to hide. You know, there are guys that cover this team, this Pittsburgh Steelers. They are in the facility. They're at every game, home and away, and they grew up rooting for the black and gold. They probably grew up having a favorite player, and they deep down want this team to win, and they can't say anything. They just have to call it straight. And and honestly, in Pittsburgh, what happens is it doesn't get called straight. It gets skewed to the negative all the time because they almost want to overreact to thinking, well, I don't want people to think that I am a fan of the team. Just pay attention. You'll see it. So for me, as a fan, and as speaking with other fans, everyone, even if you have a, man, I don't think this year is it type of approach to this season, we should always, always, always want the Steelers and what's best for the Steelers and for them to succeed. Hey, if you want to be proven wrong, that's fine. As long as deep down you're not sitting there, man, I hope they lose. I don't want this team to succeed. Maybe because you hate Tomlin. Maybe because you don't think they should have drafted Kenny Pickett. Maybe because this, that, or the other. I don't care anymore. You should want the Steelers to succeed. If you don't, you need to question your fanhood. You may say that they're only going to win seven games, but deep down you hope they prove you wrong. You hope they flip those numbers. Instead of seven and 10, it's 10 and seven. You might say, yeah, I can see seven and 10, but deep down you're saying, if they were 10 and seven, that'd be awesome. That's okay. You have your heart in the right place. And as fans, that's where it should be. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. You've heard enough of me. I'll be back on Monday, hopefully to have a Monday morning conversation, still ironing out a few guests, times, dates, stuff like that. But I'll be back on Monday. It's going to be exciting to kind of see what else happens with this rookie minicamp. We'll have some re- recaps of that, Some hopefully some positive reviews. I'll be back on Monday to talk all about that. In the meantime, you know we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.